0: We're so glad that you've tuned in for this message today. I believe God gave me a word for you, and I believe the word of God is going to bring you strength. I believe God's going to bring someone comfort and take someone to a new level. I want you to watch this message that the Lord gave me, and at the end, I'm going to come back, and we're going to pray for you. God bless you. Enjoy this word.
1: I have to get this word out of me. I feel it burning on the inside. I don't believe that anything that happens happens by fate or accident. I believe it's all in the alignment of God. He's got your attention this morning. But I don't believe that he's done. Are you with me? I believe he wants to speak. So talk back to me. I love this church. I love this house. And I love your passion. And I want you to respond back. Can you do that? Somebody say yes. Yes. Say come on somebody. Say something, I don't come, buddy. I don't even know how to spell that. I don't even know how to spell that. Are you ready for the word? Yeah. All right, turn on your Bible. Turn on your Bible. Go to 2 Kings 6. If you open it, that's fine. I know what generation we're in. Turn it on. If you open it, that's fine. If you turn it on, that's fine. The Bible says it's the word of God that's living and active, not what it's written on or shows up on. In 2 Kings 6, I, 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 I got to create some background so we can get some context for where I feel like God is taking us. In 2 Kings, the sixth chapter, you will find that the the king of Syria is constantly creating conflict with the nation of Israel. He will get around his circle of advisors, his circle of generals, and he will come up with these wicked plans to actually invade into Israel and only share it with them. It says that as soon as he leaves his mouth, it ends up in their hearing, But it ends up in a pair of ears he didn't expect, and that was the prophet to the nation of Israel. His name was Elisha. And Elisha would take that word and give it to the king of Israel and say, you're about to be invaded. Send garrisons and reinforcements to this place so you can fight off the attack. It says that time and again, Elisha would warn the king of Israel. So this didn't just happen one time. This happened all the time. And so here you have Elisha constantly feeding the plans, these wicked plans into the nation of Israel to the right people. And this wicked king can't seem to get a foothold, a stronghold, a little bit. He can't take any ground. And he gets so frustrated, he calls that same circle, of advisors and generals together, and says, which one of you is informing on me? Which one of you, I have a leak in my administration, and which one of you is telling my plans to the king of Israel? And they'd be like, I don't know, it's not us, it's not. it's not us, my Lord, the king, what do we do? And he says, he, he says, what's going on? And they say, Israel has a prophet. Can I say, America has a church. Homes have praying dads. Houses of worship have a praying church. Are you following me? He says, they have a prophet who hears everything you say, even in the privacy of your own bedroom. That's awkward. Let's just be honest, that pillow talk ain't gonna stay on the pillow very long. It says that, he says, well, tell me where he's at. They say he's in Dothan, which means cutting. He says, well, go and get him there. So this king sends a whole army for one man. Are are you following me? This army approaches, and this is what we're gonna read as they are completely surrounded. Look at verse 14. It says, so one night, the king of Syria sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid. Man, I just gotta stop right here. You know, anytime God is about to do something massive, he always has the preface it with these words. All throughout scripture, all throughout the playbook, every time, don't be afraid, I'm gonna deliver you out of Egypt. Don't be afraid for born in this day in the city of David, a savior whose name is Jesus, are you fine? Don't be afraid. I feel like these are words that are echoing whether you got a mask on or you don't have a mask on, whether you got issues or you don't have issues, whether you've been hurt or you're healed. Don't! Be afraid. There's something about people who have separated themselves from everyone else because you can totally tell in the last 14 months who has moved forward in faith and who has moved forward in fear. I'm preaching better than some of you saying amen already this morning. I might have stepped on toes, but that's fine. I get on a plane in a little bit. I'm from the hood. I can tell you this, that I believe that there is a strength There is an authority, there is an access point that you have when you live with these words. Don't be afraid. Oh, sir, what will we do now? And he responds, don't be afraid. And then he says, for there are more with us than against us. Can we have church this morning? There are more with us than against us. Then watch this, it says, Elisha prayed, oh, Lord, Open his eyes. And let, are you hearing that? Say that with me. Open his eyes. Say it one more time. Open his eyes. Oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots everywhere. As the Aramean army began to advance toward the, this prophet, it says this: it says, Oh, Elisha prayed, Oh Lord. Please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Let's pray this morning. Let's pray this morning. Holy Spirit, I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, I ask for your presence to manifest itself in ways like never before. In fact, I speak to this atmosphere and I say that you are full of faith. You are full of hope. You are full of peace. Lord, you are full of, this room is full of authority and I come against every limit, every restriction every barrier, every lie, every demonic harassment in this room and those watching across the world, I declare is broken right now in Jesus' name. And I call your men and women to the front lines of what you're doing. I call them into greatness. I call them in to strength. I call them in, God, that you would begin to separate themselves from every veil, from every lie, from every excuse, God. Every place of confusion, I say, must fall now in Jesus' name. I declare you're open in the eyes of your people. And I thank you for what you're giving us in this hour in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone shout it. Amen, amen. Amen. I have a title for you this morning, but I'm gonna preface it with this. I have no political, propaganda, cultural affiliations with this title. When I was writing the message, I honestly thought, this is a dope title. That's literally what I thought. Because I feel like God wants to speak from this subject I feel it's my assignment to tell you to stay woke. I, I, think, I, I think we have settled for a natural wokeness. I think we have settled to notice things, but not heal things, to point out things, but not address things. I, I'm not talking about a weak woke where all you do is post more than you pray where all you do is complain more than you complete. I'm talking about a wokeness that makes you a weapon in the hands of Almighty God and you begin to sabotage the plans of the devil everywhere you go. Where are the woke people at who know what it's like to not be moved by news cycles, by social media feeds, by agendas, by cultural persuasions, but they are anchored in the word of God. They are embedded in the place of prayer and fasting. Where are the woke people at? I believe it's time that we didn't have people who knew what it was like to sleepwalk. It's amazing to me how many people can have sight and still have no vision. It's amazing how all the evidence can be there, yet the layers of deception still claim the control and the decision-making of our life. But baby, you came into the right church and you're under the right anointing of the Holy Spirit that he is gonna wake you up out of your slumber. And that pain is not gonna tuck you back in bed. That addiction is not gonna put you back to sleep. No, you're woke now. The woke are rising, the woke are here, and they ain't going nowhere. Stay woke. I remember one time I was coming out of the gym. Uh, you shouldn't be that impressed. I'm from California. People literally get gym memberships before they get homes. <laughs> it's crazy. But I remember I was coming out of the gym. Actually, it was a dodgeball tournament, so that just that's terrible. But, and I'm super competitive. Ask my son, I don't like to lose. I play to win. Anybody else? Come on, dads, help me out. I didn't come here for the L. I came here for the duck. If you play me, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if it's a matching game with my four-year-old or it's 2K with my son, I plan on destroying you. You ain't because I'm not gonna give them a participation trophy for a nice try. I'm, I'm, man, I'm helping somebody out right now. I remember one time my son was playing, this totally right, I remember my son was playing baseball and he got in the car and said, Dad, we won. I said, no, you didn't. No, Dad, we won. No, no, you did not. I counted. He said, no, coach told us we won. No, I, apparently I pay coach to lie to you. I'm telling you, I believe in winning. And so we got eliminated early. And um, I remember I'm leaving this dodgeball tournament and I get a text message on my phone. And and it's three text messages, one right after the other. The first one said, yo, what's up? Next one said, this Antoine. Next text message, is this Darnisha from Saturday night? (laughs) Bishop, honest to God, I promise to Jesus. I meant to text back, this is not Darnisha. But the autocorrect on my phone said, this is Darnisha. <laughs> Pastor Devin, to which he responded, sup, girl? <laughs> Why, well, I did have anything else to do that night. So I just responded back, nothing, hee, 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 emoji, emoji, emoji. What you doing? To which he... He said, what you doing right now? I said, I just got out of the gym, I'm kind of tired. He said, you should go to bed. I'm like, that's a great idea. Look at Antoine, speaking godly counsel into my life. 30 seconds in. I go home, I shower. Anyone that knows me, I go to bed at nine o'clock. I like to go to bed early, because I like to be up early. I'm normally up around 5.30, and so I love, I'm an early riser. that's what I do. And so everyone on our team, our family knows, don't text me after night, because you ain't getting a response back until the next morning. So I'm lying in bed, my wife is reading her Bible because she's the real Christian. And and I remember, I hear my phone right next to my nightstand, hear my phone go And I'm thinking, that could only be, Pastor Josh, that could only be one person. Sure enough, I look at my phone, it was Antoine. And Antoine said, sweet dreams, baby girl. And I was like, look at this guy caring about the condition of my rest. So I responded back, but I was laughing. I was like, <laughs> you don't even know. You don't even know. And my wife sitting there and goes, hey, who's that? <laughs> I said, um, that's Antoine. She said, who's Antoine? What does he want? I said, well, um, he wants to talk to Darnisha. She said, who's Darnisha? I said, life's funny. I said, I'm Darnisha. She said... You're a married man pretending to be a woman talking to another man? I said baby when you say it like that it sounds bad. This went on for 2 weeks. Oh yes it did. Check it out. Go to the hashtag Days of Darnisha. Darnisha with an E cuz she's a deep soul independent woman. Anyways, Darnisha Days hashtag I had people following this hashtag from all over the world saying you're insane. Keep it going. And I would have, fam. I would have but then he hit back, hey Darnisha, I want to see you again. And I knew that as soon as he saw me, he would recognize some things have changed and shifted about the last time he saw Darnisha. <laughs> I knew that when he saw me, he would recognize I am not who I say I am. I think the kingdom of darkness is so nervous about redemption, about the church in America and the church on the globe, because he's been exposed, he's been proven a liar, he's been proven defeated, he has been de-armed, and I believe his greatest fear is that you would finally see him for the defeated one, for the weak one, for the disempowered one. The woke people are not moved by agendas, they're not moved by climates, they're not moved by cycles, they're not moved by seasons. They are moved when he moves. This is what it takes to stay woke, that you are constantly aware of what God is doing. You're not, listen, when you're woke, you live different. You are ruined. You don't live the same. You're ruined for normal. This world's greatest attack on the faith of a believer is not, don't try this. The, the attack on a revivalist is, that's impossible. That's not the greatest attack. The greatest attack is just Be normal. Woke people don't settle for normal. Woke people don't have the meal called normal. Woke people don't sit at a table called normal. No, woke people know I am birth, born, built, chiseled to sabotage the things of the devil and to enforce the things of God on the earth. Where are the woke at? I believe the enemy's scariest day is coming. I believe in Isaiah 14 where we look at him and we will look down on him and we will literally say, is this the one? This is the guy that caused havoc on the nations. This is the one that caused disease. This is the one that caused divorce. This is the one that caused depression. We're gonna look down on him, talk down to him, trash talking. I say let's throw the party a little bit early and let's start today right here at church and say you will not come near my family. You will not come near my campus. You don't get to come near my babies. You don't get to have my marriage. You don't get to have my family, my finances, or my future. Come on, where? Where are the woke people at? I'm saved, baby, but I ain't soft. And I am done watching a generation commit suicide. I am done watching teenage pregnancy rise. I am done watching the foster care system grow and families just get comfortable. I am done. Where are the woke people at? I'm not talking about woke where you get to call everybody out. I'm talking about woke where you get to call everything in. Where are the woke people at? Where are the mighty ones, the burning ones, the ruined ones, the strong ones? Not people who look at church attendance, but people who are literally reliable to heaven. Where are the woke people at? I believe they're here. I believe they're in the earth. I believe they're at redemption. I believe they're watching from home and they're sitting in these seats and then I'm telling you, it will not happen on our watch. We are done. Where are the woke people at? They're rising, they're here and they ain't going nowhere. Come on, give me five seconds of praise if you know God woke you up out of your pain. He woke you up out of your problems. He woke you up out of your confusion. Come on, where are the people who know what it's like to have a touch from heaven and it surges through you and you ain't going back to sleep? I believe that the woke are here. If we're gonna stay woke, there's three things you get to say with your life. Number one, number one, number one. I'm ahead. When you're woke, you live ahead. I don't know why, Bishop, but for some reason, as I've pastored and mentored and counseled a lot of people, even leaders, it seems there's this mindset that the enemy knows more about what's going on than we do. Where did we learn this? This isn't even gospel, this is not even scripture. You know what he does do, Daniel chapter seven? He comes in to pervert the times and the seasons. Let me put this in your world. He tries to get you to miss your moment. He convinces you that this is happening and if you were to do this, you'll get backlash or if you to do this, then you'll get sabotage. or if you do this, people think differently and awkward about you, but the truth is God has raised you for that moment. He comes to get you to miss your cues. He's not, listen, the enemy, it's very rare for me to talk about the devil and I understand this is a church that pastors and lives in revival. It's very rare that we would ever do this but it's so also ignorant of us to not know his schemes. And the truth is is that he loves to get you to miss moments so that you sabotage yourself. You know the most part, the, the worst part uh, of, uh, of John 10, 10 where he says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy? If he can't actually kill you, he'll just distract you because a distracted life is a wasted life, and when you waste your life, he did destroy your life. This is why we need woke people. When you live ahead, listen, the enemy is not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. He doesn't know things before. You know what he recognizes? He recognizes certain spiritual traits about your life. That's the way Martin Luther King Jr. prayed. Dr. King prayed like that, and he caused a movement like never before. That's the way that Smith Wigglesworth used to fast, and it cost me a whole church to be birthed and run. That's the way that Mariah Woodworth Eder used to prophesy, and I remember what, what kind of ground I lost. He recognizes characteristics, disciplines, traits, and I believe he's nervous about redemption. I'm here to tell you, stay woke. When you stay woke, number one, you get to stay ahead. You get to say, "I'm ahead." I had a, a student who had a dream before our service, and in, in the dream, Jesus came to him and brought a, a gallon, one of those gallon Ziploc bags, and gave to him, handed to him, and said, "Go to this Walmart down the street, and I'm going to send you and every person you touch. I'm going to heal." So this kid wakes up, gets in his car, drives to Walmart, goes to the pharmacy aisle. He says, the pharmacy aisle is packed. He says, I'm waiting for people to pick up their prescriptions. I mean, there's a woman that comes around. She's got her hands full of prescription pills and she turns around and this kid says, hey, and, and listen, he literally says, listen, I'm from redemption and uh, God speaks to us and he told me to come stand right here in the pharmacy aisle at Walmart. And he told me whoever I pray for, he was going to heal. I mean, what can I pray for you about? And it's not like this woman could go, well, nothing. I mean, you gotta pack a bag of pills for something, for some. So she says, well, I've had these back issues and, and I just can't seem to get free from the pain. In fact, I've been taking these for years just to lower the pain, uh, uh, even though I still feel it. He said, no problem, God's gonna heal. This is a 16 year old. He says, no problem. So he goes over, he, says, he lays hands on her. He says, Father, in the name of Jesus, I command this back to be healed and the pain to never return that she would walk in her healing in Jesus' name. As he says, in Jesus' name, she goes, whoa. And he says, what happened? She said, I felt something. He said, well, do something you couldn't do. She said, I couldn't bend over. So he said, do that. So she goes, okay. <laughs> you want me to come back up? This is literally what happened. He says, come back up. She goes, <gasps> And then she goes down again, and then she comes up, goes down again, comes up, goes down again, and keeps doing this, and "I I can't believe, I have no more pain, I'm totally healed. And God heals her in front of a pack line and the pharmacist at Walmart. An employee saw this and brought a gallon Ziploc bag to this kid and said, I don't know why, but you're gonna need this. This woman sees it, takes her pills, tosses it to the kid. She's so convinced and walks out that Walmart completely healed. Then the next person comes and they get healed. Asthma gets healed. I'm telling you, growths get disappeared. I'm telling you, all kinds of stuff starts breaking out in this pharmacy aisle. This kid shows up to church that night. I catch him in the hallway right before service and he's like, hey, Pastor Chris, check it out. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) We taking ground, baby. I mean, he's doing all this. And I said, what are you doing? What are you, I thought he was trying to sell all the pills to the other kids. (laughs) We we was winning the lost. And I'll never forget, he told me the whole thing that happened. Why would that happen? Because he's ahead. The Bible says time and again, Elisha would pray and be warned and then tell the king of Israel and he was able to sabotage the things that were coming against the whole nation. What would it be like? If we had a praying church between Sunday and Wednesday of this week where God says there's a terrorist attack going to happen in this city at this time. But if you get there on this day, at this location, in this moment, you will catch all of these men. Their name is this and this and this. You get in touch with the right authorities and you sabotage school shootings. You sabotage terrorist attacks. You shut down suicide. I'm telling you, the hair on Samson's head is growing back. Back in the church, I'm woke now, cause I'm ahead. I live ahead. Do you know that? I feel like a lot of you've been getting dreams. I think a lot of you have been getting these supernatural encounters, and they're coming with assignments or these ideas, and you're thinking that's just too wild. I'm not the right one. Can I tell you something, friend? That is not a suggestion. God doesn't issue proposals. He gives assignments. You're over here thinking, I'm gonna shut down homelessness in my city. I'm gonna break the fatherlessness cycle. I'm gonna come against all kinds of corruption. And you're wondering if that's God. Let's just do some simple math. I mean, the devil would never tell you to stop fatherlessness. He would never tell you to end corruption. So if he would never do that, There's only one side of this equation that it is. I keep my theology very, believe it or not, I am Professor Estrada. All right, the hottest professor you've ever seen, but I I am Professor Estrada. I'm just keeping my kingdom math simple good God, bad devil. (laughs) Safe. You're woke now. You're woke. Stay woke. When you stay woke, you say, I'm ahead. Here's the second thing you get to say Number two, I'm an ambush. Ooh, I feel this, I'm an ambush. You know, I, it, it, it's interesting that Elisha is completely surrounded, and yet he literally is the ambush of God. In the natural, it looks like the other way, but in the supernatural, it's not what's taking place. You know, it reminds me, I had a woman, I was sitting in my office. And my assistant is sitting outside in her office. I have my door closed. And, and she's El Salvadorian, so she comes with all the spicy. Okay, she ain't playing around. All right, which is why I hired her. So, um, and I remember this woman storms my office into her, into her room with my door closed and, and says, where's Pastor Chris? I need to talk to Pastor Chris. Where's Pastor Chris? I need to talk to Pastor Chris right now. Where's Pastor Chris? And my assistant doesn't miss. She's like, what you doing? We don't come in here like that. What you want to talk to Pastor Chris for? Girl, you better shut your mouth. In Jesus' name. And, the, and this woman's crying hysterically. I hear it, so I go to the door, Bishop, and I do what any man of God does in this situation. I lock the door. <laughs> I ain't gonna get a case. You won't catch me on no TMZ. <laughs> so I was sitting there, and I put my ear to the door, and I hear this woman, I need to talk to Chris. She is crying. He's said, like, I need to talk to Pastor Chris. I need to talk to Pastor Chris. Where's Pastor Chris? And the, my sister said, what you want with Pastor Chris for? And she said, uh, she said, I heard a voice in my car. Give me this address. We have an unlisted address. Give me this address and tell me to come to this office, and that Pastor Chris would have a message for me. I'm standing behind the door here in this, and I look up to heaven, and he'll have a message for me. I'm like, really? Because <laughs> when I prayed this morning, you brought nothing up about this. You didn't say, hey, watch out, crazy women jumping in the office. Look out! You know, I didn't heard nothing about that. I didn't hear nothing. And then I said this, Lord, I'm not ready. And you know what he responded? He said, that's okay, because I'm ready. Can I tell you, man, I feel this. When you, it does not matter if you're qualified. It does not matter if you're trained. It does not matter whether you're in this season or that season, rich or poor, ethnicity or this college degree. What matters is He is always ready. And when the anointing comes on you, friend, you will do things that you were never trained for. You will say things you never thought of. And you will be in places with a favorite authority you should not be. You are an ambush. I remember, I told my, she's sitting there, please let me in. I opened the door, I said, ma'am, 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 I'm here. Come on in. I told my assistant, you come too. (laughs) In case anything pops off, I need her, you know. And I said, ma'am, what's going on? What's the story? And she said, I was driving my car. She didn't know it was God yet. She said, a voice spoke to me in my car, gave me this address. And I said, okay. She said, she started to tell her story. I'm on my fourth divorce. I have different babies with all these dads. This is a cycle that's happened in my family's life. It happened to my mother, happened to my grandmother and my great grandmother. And I stopped her and I said, ma'am, I think what's happening here is that a generational cycle is being broken and those curses are being lifted and the way to get this thing started is for you to surrender your life to Jesus. When I said that, she started manifesting a demon right there on the couch. Ah, I'm not doing, that. demon juice is going everywhere. And I'm telling you, how many you know that's not when you just pray in quiet tongues? That's like emergency 911, jihad, real spiritual war-fed tongues. I'm telling you, I'm gonna teach you something about Latin folk, though. When they pray in English, and then they start praying in Spanish, baby, get out the way. I'm gonna tell you right now. My assistant, I'm sitting there, she's on the couch rolling around, and I'm sitting there like... I have stuff to do, <laughs> like I'm, I'm literally, that's where my mom, I'm not being, I'm being honest, that's where my mom was like, right, ah, ah, just like this, and my assistant goes, yes, in the nombre de Jesus, the fuego de Dios, glory de Dios, I'm telling you, and that devil didn't have a chance, the power of God hit that woman, and she just like, boom, on the couch, and I'm sitting there like, yay, hey, God, That's what woke people do. You know what's interesting to me about Elisha? Elisha literally does not pray about what you think he would pray about. You know, it's important to know what the Bible says, but it's just as important to know what it does not say. Did you notice he is surrounded by an entire army? And what does he do? He doesn't even pray about them. Do you notice what he doesn't pray? Lord, are you with us? God, you're going to protect us. He doesn't pray, Lord, will you deliver? He doesn't do none of that. You see that? What does he do? The only thing he prays about, literally, is his blind servant. That's it. He's surrounded by an army and he prays about a blind servant. Could it be That that is what Jesus is doing right now as he intercedes at the right hand of the Father, that we were blind for way too long, that we were in love with ourselves for way too long, that we were impressed by ourselves way too long. And now he's saying, God, open their eyes. And then he sends a 20-20, and what really mattered started to be shown to you. And what you really carried started to appear to you. He started unveiling, he started unpacking, he started unlocking, and all because you're woke now. I'm here to tell you 2020 didn't steal one thing from you. Don't subscribe to that garbage. It only built you, chiseled you, formed you, forged you, established the things that God wanted to last and the things that needed to die by. I'm telling you, the woke are rising. There's an ambush, but it's not what you think. He literally doesn't even pray about the army. He only prays about his blind servant. Could it be that we have been praying about the wrong things for too long? Could it be we've been praying in the wrong way for too long? James says your prayers are off because you ask amiss because you have a motivation or a selfish agenda attached to it. I'm, I'm just trying to help. I truly believe that what's happening is what for us today is what Jesus has been doing since the beginning of time. Abraham is told, you'll be the father of many nations. You remember this? And then he says, he, he, he goes 14, 16 years into this journey, and he says, God, where are the babies at? We playing and praying, but no babies, nothing. And God says, boy, go outside. This is the Chris Strata He says, boy, go outside. And he says, count the stars. Abraham's like, one, seven, 12, 11. He's probably counting like me. I got a Bible college degree, okay? So, it matters. And I remember reading this, and I'm sure he lost count at like 14. And then he says, God, there's too many. There's no way I can count, there's too many. And God says, so will your descendants be. They will be innumerable on the earth. What is he doing? Opening his eyes. Are you seeing this? What does he do to Joshua? On the eve that he's about to go into a fresh battle strategy that's never been done before, he probably still hasn't, called Jericho. And God says, just take a walk for six days and on the seventh day, do it seven times. And, God's, and Joshua in his military brain, he's yielded, he's not reckless, but he's still yielded. But in his mind, he's thinking, is this gonna work? So he takes a walk the night before they're supposed to start this battle strategy and he meets a man with his sword drawn. And Joshua walks up to this guy and says, are you for us or for our enemies? And, and I love the way the Lord replies. He's like, no, he don't even, Jesus is slick. He don't even answer the question. You for us or for, I mean, Joshua's ready to fight. He's, feeling, he's like, hey, you feeling froggy, make me jump. You know, like this is, why? Because he's been pregnant with a victory he couldn't deliver for 40 years. And so finally he's feeling, he's like, you forest for our enemies. And God says, "It literally Jesus says, no. But as commander of the Lord's armies, I have now come, watch this, to show you. See, I have given you Jericho. He is opening up his spiritual sight. Jesus is walking through the harvest fields. And he has to stop his disciples and say, look, the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. Pray for the Lord of harvest to ekbalo, to send laborers into the harvest. Look, he is opening their Eyes. Do you like? Are you seeing a pattern here? When Paul gets saved, it says that he was blinded, but then something like scales fell from his eyes. Are you seeing this? Jesus, how I many you know Jesus gets away with everything? This man can interrupt funerals. Ain't nobody tripping. They can cut holes in the roofs of homes, and nobody. I'm telling you, if I did that, you punch me in the throat. He literally you got to read the Bible with some humor. He goes up to a blind man and says, do you want to see? I'm thinking, Jesus, that's cold. <laughs> like, he's blind. Like, I know you all know him, but maybe you missed that. <laughs> like, he blind. Jesus literally says, do you want to see? And this man's like, I'm sure he's like, yeah. <laughs> and so what does Jesus do? Gets away with everything. He spits in the dirt and makes mud takes the mud and puts it in the eyes. The guy doesn't even see it coming, puts it in his eyes. I'm thinking, Jesus called you savage, sir. And then he asks him, now what do you see? I'm like, Jesus, you just put mud in his eyes. He says, now what do you see? And, he, and, and this man says this, I see men walking around like trees. you seeing seen that? Then Jesus says, okay, spits again in the dirt and then makes more mud, takes the mud, puts it in the man's eyes and says, now what do you see? And then the man says, I can see clearly now. I think a lot of people have probably misapproached this text because they literally think that this was a progression of healing. It was something that that. Okay, he didn't get the first time. We're gonna pray for the second time. Nothing wrong with that. I believe in the word being a 70-sided gem where you shine light on it and it sprays light through a different way. You move it one degree to the right or the left and it sprays the different layers of light. Are you following me? But you have to understand what's happening in the context of God's heart because he says, first, what do you see? And the man responds, I see men walking around like trees, Correct? Well, you will find that what Jesus is doing is healing his spiritual sight and then gives him his natural sight. You're like, what are you talking about? You will always find that trees and people are always connected in scripture. Psalms. What does it say in the very first song? Blessed is the man who does not sit in the sea of the scornful, nor walks in the path of the unrighteous, nor stands with sinners. What does it say? For he will be like a tree planted by the river, which his leaves will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Are you seeing that? Jesus even said, you will know a tree. By its fruit, because a good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit. Therefore, pay attention to their fruit. He's not talking about having a green thumb, he's talking about knowing the folk you walk with. He is literally opening, I believe what God is doing is he's opening spiritual sight right now. All you've been seeing is the problem, and now you're gonna see the purpose. All you, listen, all you've been asking is the questions and not what's the strategy. Can I help you out? We are in an invitation season. Could it, could it be that a lot of these miracles we have made the high point were just the invitation? Let me just help you out. Elon Musk, one of the great pioneers of our time, starts Tesla, I'm sorry, let me back, starts PayPal because he wants a different way to, to transfer money around the globe. Then starts Tesla, energy vehicles, no gas needed, Then he starts SpaceX, and someone comes and says, you're spending millions, billions of dollars on putting a rocket in the sky, putting civilians there. Why? And you know what he said? He said, I am, this is language for us at me. He said, this is my Mars shot. He says, I want to get a rocket eventually that will travel all the way to Mars, and when it lands at Mars, I want to have a pod that will plant a tree, and then I wanna take a picture of a tree from Earth planted in Mars with red backgrounds and the space and the sky and the galaxy and the Milky Way behind it, and I want it to be an invitation to the next wave of pioneers, innovators, and ideators who are gonna come and say, if we can plant a tree in Mars, then we can do other things. I believe there's something spiritual to that. When Jesus says, greater works will you do than I do, it was the invitation. Could you look at high spiritual high moments as the invitation that there is more? That a tree on Mars is not the accomplishment. And that's what we've been so in love with with our success rate and our ratios and our trophies. But our trophies have turned to anchors and they have caused us to get stuck in a season, in a style, in a method. I'm telling you, everything shifts except the message. Stay woke. It's amazing how eyes that see are common. I'm saying eyes that look are common, but eyes that see, totally rare. Totally rare. I believe this is what hap- was happening in this hour. I-, I don't know another way to say this, but 2 Corinthians 4 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of people. But Jesus, part of his messiah mandate, Was that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me? He has anointed me. Do you remember this? And then he says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has anointed me to preach God. And then he says, And to restore sight to the blind. He is not talking about natural sight there. Could it be that what happened this morning, the worship, what God is doing in this moment right here, is He's just waking you up? You thought 2020 was the show? That was practice. I'm helping you, church. Here we are at Missions Meet. We've done four nations, 3.6 million people in 10 years have given their life to Jesus. We've done 64 stadiums. And when we embraced America and and positioned ourselves to make an aggressive move there, God said all those 10 years, that was just practice. I feel this for this church. All you've done up to this point, practice. All you've lived up to this point, I don't care how old you are, if you got gray hair, lot of hair, some hair, no hair, purple hair, doesn't matter to me. Practice, that's all it was. Because this moment that we're living in right now, I can't be any more clear, this will define us. These next 12 months, I promise you, will define this church you will see 90 days of visitation like never before. And that'll be the culmination of your practice. And then God will thrust you into places, into moves. I'm telling you, like we're thinking about how can we make our services better and bigger and God's like, I want to take the city. We're not dreaming big enough. We're not thinking big enough. But when the woke start getting in the conversation, when the woke start letting people know what they see, when the woke start coming in, and they're not coming in with complaints, they're coming in with solutions. When the woke starts noticing problems, and then they pray and God delivers a strategy, friend, things will change. You know why he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah? Wasn't because of the level of sin. If you look at the conversation between him and Abraham, Abraham says, if there's at least 10 righteous, he didn't say, if there's only this much sin. He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah of the lack of righteousness. Not sin. Could it be that what God is going to do in Chattanooga is not because you lack this, it's because you emphasized this moment right now. Stay woke. You're ahead, you're in ambush. Here's the third thing. When you, get to, when you say I'm woke, number three, I'm an answer. You are not the question. I don't care if your mom didn't love you and your daddy didn't want you. You are not the question. You're the answer. You're not here sucking free air. You're not here purposeless. You have spiritual life on the inside of you. Otherwise, you would not be here. There is a reason to your existence. It's not just so you can mess up your life as best you can, and hopefully at the very end, you remember to repent. No, you are an answer. I'll never forget in 2011, like you saw, we found ourselves in the office of the president of Honduras. We said, Mr. President, the country's in pain. The Homicide rate is here. The suicide rate is here. Your poverty lines are like this. We said, Mr. President, but what if God was speaking to your nation through Isaiah 66, where he says, can a nation be saved in a day? Can a people be reborn in a moment? We said, Mr. President, we wanna ask you for five things. Number one, would you stand with us two years from now, making One Nation One Day a national holiday, and that you would stand with us in the largest stadium in the largest city of your nation and declare that Honduras is a new nation under Jesus. Number two, would you open up all of your borders so we could ship in millions of dollars of humanitarian aid? Number three, would you open up every high school in your nation so we could bring an army of 2,000 missionaries to storm every high school and touch every heart with doing an assembly, a message of the gospel, an altar call, a laying on of hands, and then plugging them into a local church if they make an eternal decision. Number four, would you give us the largest stadiums in the largest cities of your nation, that's 18 soccer stadiums, and would you underwrite all the audio, the visual, and the lighting? Just some small asks to journey a world leader. President Lomasosa took a resolution out of his desk and signed it into motion right there and it passed the Honduran government unanimously in 30 days and it birthed the One Nation One Day movement. We started working diligently to begin to preach this gospel but at the same time calling the church to link arms with people like never before. And I am telling you, that we have seen this over the last 10 years, how denominations don't matter anymore. Circles don't matter anymore. Not to this generation, I I have nothing against movements and their emphasis, I speak all across them and I've said this in their circles, but at this level, they don't care. You think a Methodist cares if it's A-G-C-O-G or Baptist? They just wanna get free, they don't care. Nothing wrong with being a part, I'm telling you, nothing wrong with it. But friend, let me tell you something, this is what God is doing. He's causing the merging of movements, not just ministries now. As we started calling the church from all over the world, every continent, just just in Peru, we had 40, we had 10,000 missionaries from 43 different nations, 150 plus organizations represented. A picture of what God is doing, that was practice. Here we are in Honduras as so we start positioning ourselves and really posturing for us to take the nation. About 18 months in, we've built this team. Everybody's coming in six months. The church of Honduras has a fresh spark of fire on it. I'm telling you, fire is falling on the vision and people are moving. I mean, the government's aligned, the military's aligned, the education system's aligned, the banking system's When you have the largest telecom company in Latin Central America tell you that you can text everyone for 21 days before and after your moment, and we're gonna pay for all of it. We're gonna pay for your billboards. We're also gonna build you a TV studio so that prime time for 60 days, every day between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., you can talk about whatever you want. Friend, that's the authority and the favor of unity. We are, I'm telling you, everything's aligned. And then the minister of tourism shows up and he says, you guys can't come. And we said, what, what do you mean? You can't come, what do you, what do you, no, no, we're coming, what do you mean? And they said, you booked the wrong plane. We, you know, nobody would believe that we could buy 2,000 plane tickets. No major airline, they don't even do that for the Olympics. We are, li- this is what I love, the church is causing new problems for the world. I love this, this is, this is my speed is they said, we, we can, we, you, you can't come. You had to rent, you had to charter your own, we, you, rent, you chartered a 747, and the largest plane to ever land in Honduras is a 737. So we're category five as a whole nation, and we need to be a category seven. And we said, what needs to happen for us to be able to land these planes? They said, you have to build us a bigger airport. You have to tear up all the concrete, pour new concrete, put new lighting, upgrade all our tech and radar. You need to get us new emergency vehicle services. You need to extend our terminals and pretty much build us a bigger airport. We said, no problem. Inside, I'm like, we got a problem. We got a big problem, this is a problem. This is, this is, this is a problem, Josh. We said, no problem, they said, how are you gonna do it? We're like, we've got a private funder. Sure enough, in six months, Fresh concrete was poured. Lighting was upgraded. Tech and radar was upgraded. New emergency vehicles was given. Extension of a runway and a building. This is what the church does when it's woke. Don't you tell me that God can't do it in Chattanooga. Don't you tell me he can't do it with you. Don't you dare lie to yourself and tell yourself he wouldn't use me. We're building the world's biggest airports and you're still worried about your finances? And you doubt he could heal you? I'm telling, I'm here to all the dust off of you. You're done sitting on the sidelines. We don't need your church attendance. We need your involvement. We don't just need you to amen. We need you to be about it. Everybody wants to be a beast until it's time to do what real beasts do and they get out there in the streets and they start winning souls, making disciples, raising leaders, and releasing revivalists. This is what the woke do. I'll challenge you to dream bigger. God is doing so much more. When you're an answer, you come into contact with verses like Isaiah 43:19. He says, behold, I do a new thing. For the last 14 months, too many people are asking, what's the next thing? What's next, what's the next vaccine? Who's the next president? What's the next issue? When's the next this, when's the next that? And God's like, I don't do next things. I do new things. He says, behold, I do a new thing. And then he says this, don't you see it? In other words, it's already in play. It's already activated. It's already in motion. He said, oh, shouldn't you, you should know my character by now. I am always doing something new. Why don't, he's literally saying, how come you as my people don't see it? And then he puts out this audacious map. He says, I will create roadways in the wilderness. He says, I will create rivers in the desert. And he's saying, don't you see? What's he saying? He's saying, don't you see that the impossible is now made accessible? It's the invitation. You come into contact with Jeremiah 33.3. 3. God says, call to me and I will answer you. And then watch this. He says, I will show you. Great. Do you realize how much battle has been going on for your sight? I'm telling man, I've been a I feel this right now. How much he's been fighting to get you distracted? I'll tell you what the woke are in this room. I feel like they're all over the building and you're no longer gonna be hoodwinked, bamboozled, and you're not gonna live through smoke screens anymore. You're gonna see very clear, defined with, I'm talking about clarity like never before, because he says, call to me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I'm telling you, I've been sent to you this morning. The electricity had to go out to get your attention. I've been sent to you to tell you, wake up! This is no longer Sunday to Sunday. This is no longer God hope you move. We are in a desperate, urgent hour. We have expected too little of ourselves and thought God was happy. And then when he took the little we thought validated us away in the last 14 months, and realigned us and calibrated us to where we needed to be, all of a sudden, a strength came like never before. We've never been in days like this, so lose all your experience. I have found too many people. They are just satisfied with exposure. I just wanna be around it. And then there's another camp. We're satisfied with experience, been there, but you never left. And then there's a hungry group that doesn't want anything else but encounter. And I'm telling you, the days of secondhand revelation are over. This belongs to the woke now. Do you remember, Some of you, anybody else feeling this right now? You remember in the garden, who'd the enemy come for? He didn't come for the one with firsthand revelation. He came for the one with secondhand revelation. You God comes to Adam and says, you can eat from any tree, even the tree of of life, but not from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. As soon as that information is passed to Eve, it is secondhand revelation. Are you following me? When he got it from God directly, it was firsthand. When he gave it to his wife, to her, it became secondhand. So who'd the enemy come for? The one with secondhand revelation. And you think you're gonna survive the next year off of Bishop Wallace's preaching? And we got a whole church addicted to secondhand milk. Heaven forbid that we try to get them to eat meat. I'm trying to help this morning. I am so consumed. I don't want leftovers. I don't want the scraps. I don't want the crumbs. I want the meal that was baked fresh in the heart of God and the woke won't satisfy themselves off of anything else. Where where are the woke at? You know what he, he said he went throughout the earth looking for someone that was completely his. Sight is so important. Sight determines your hearing. How you see something is how you receive something. Sight is everything. Why do you think he's trying to get us distracted? Racial tension, political confusion, division in the church cultural issues. Distraction, 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 distraction. All of these matter. But my vision is being fought for like never before. Would you stand up with me? I feel a very somber, sovereign moment. I, I, don't, I don't know everybody's story. I don't have the privilege of being in this house every week and building that sacred journey of covenant relationship. But what I do know is I get to see things from a certain perspective. And as I travel around the globe, as I hear from different leaders and churches, there is a genuine excitement. There's an anticipation. I think that song, I smell the rain. I don't know anybody else, but I just feel. I don't smell it. I'm I'm in it. I believe that the woke are so aware of what God is doing that it takes moments like this, activations like this, to get you to align with what God wants to do in this hour. And I'm just a missionary. That's, at the end of the day, that's what I am. I, I have no business doing what I'm doing. I have no business talking to presidents. I have no business talking to governors or senators. I'm from the hood. I didn't even graduate from Bible college until I took over the one I should have graduated from. I ended up leading the Bible college I never graduated from. You figure that out. And then I graduated. My life has been so backwards. It's been so not the normal way. And I feel like that is what's happening in this place. You're not just being trained for church. You're destiny training right now. People laugh at fighters by the way they train. Manny Pacquiao would have bamboo sticks hidden against his ribcage so he would learn never to lower his arms. George Foreman would tie a rope to himself and then to a semi and pull it up and down his street and people laughed at him until he started knocking him out. Muhammad Ali would go underwater and hold his breath and shadow box so that the weight and the resistance against his muscles he got so used to that when he got in the ring, he could say, I move like a butterfly and I sting like a... Revival requires resistance training. That's all this was. Resistance training for you to get woke. I truly believe that God is activating people right now. I don't feel led to pray for anything else. If you need a miracle, it's yours. If you need freedom and breakthrough, it's available to you. What I feel assigned this morning is to wake you up. And I would lose my voice on this message right here if it meant that his church watching in this room and around the world would wake up. I'm not asking you to wake up to problems. I'm not saying you're being lazy. I'm saying you, literally, you're ahead. You're an an ambush and you're an answer. If this is resonating with any of you, I just feel led to do this. If this is resonating with any of you, Say, Pastor Chris, you're challenging me. You're hearing the voice within the voice. This is just establishing itself on the inside of you. If you feel provoked, just raise your hand. I've got to dream bigger. I got to. This is not just thinking myself there. I need to read more books. That's not what this is. This is about waking up. Look at all these hands. You got a church full of dreamers. You know what the word dream in, in the Hebrew means? The original Hebrew. There is Yatzar, which means dream, and there is Yatzur, which is the root word. And what dreamers mean, it means creators. So when you dream, you're not just thinking thoughts, you are literally creating atmospheres and expressions. Would you take that hand you raised and put it on your heart? Jesus, 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 it's time. Lord, we answer in your call. It's time to get our sight right. I feel such a holy moment. It's almost like I'm slowing everything down and I get that. But I refuse for you to miss. Lord, let scales fall off eyes right now. Let those who walk like the Apostle Paul begin to see. There's more going on than just what's happening in my family. It's more than my marriage at stake. It's more than just mine or theirs. It's bigger. It's an invitation that if I chase after the impossible, that I'll get to live it, and it will serve as an invitation to my neighbors and a generation you will lay hold of what generations only touched in prayer father wake us up wake us up wake us up wake up oh sleeper wipe the slumber from your eyes wake them up god wake them up i just want to prophetically declare some things over you and then i'm going to have another moment holy spirit it's not just what you're doing, it's what you're making available. And I declare over your men and women that they matter. I, dec- I break every word that has sabotaged you in your identity, in your confidence, and in your destiny, I tear it down. I declare for a fresh focus, that you will be so resolute that you wouldn't lower yourself to distractions anymore. I declare for clarity in a spiritual realm, seeing things from the third heaven. I dispatch angels to come now on your people to guide them that they would be those ministering spirits that we were promised that we would do the type of things that require angelic intervention and activity. Lord, I pray that even while we're sleeping, we're woke, that in the night hours, you are just continuing to build, to chisel. I think a lot have felt the resistance. God, why do I feel this pushback? What I feel resistant? Did I do something wrong? He says, no, you've done something right. Destiny training on your men and women. Lord, I I stand in a generation gap that you would align the fathers and mothers with the sons and the daughters to see that we all matter regardless of our experience. As a Latino, I stand in an ethnic gap to say we all have a seat at the table of nationwide salvation and transformation. As a kid who came from a family that did everything it could to make sure there was a meal on the table, we break the mindsets and the demonic cycles of poverty right now. America's kids be forgotten 250,000 foster care kids in America but we have 350,000 churches recognized by the IRS we should have solved this problem a long time ago we breaking the curse of fatherlessness of America wake us up Forgive us and position us. We're solving this problem. We're ending corruption. Corruption doesn't get to have government. Corruption doesn't get to have our schools. It doesn't get to have our churches. It doesn't get to have our marriages. You are shut down now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray. I pray for the intercessor to rise, to stand between the living and the dead, the sent ones to be followed, like an archer sending an arrow. She would be sent out of the bow of God. I declare right now over us, I'm preaching and praying for myself, family. I declare over us that we'll not be moved by agendas, by news cycles, by social media feeds, by persuasions, perspectives, and opinions. But we'll be moved by the rush and the mighty wind of the Holy Spirit. We'll be moved by the voice of many waters. We'll be moved by the thunder and the whisper of your shout. We'll be moved by the nudging of your leadership. We will be moved by your word and your word alone. We should subscribe to only your truth, not to YouTube channels, podcasts, not to downloadable this or streamable that, but we'll be moved by your spirit. The woke are here.
0: Friend, I believe God is speaking to hearts right now. This message, I pray, has stirred you, and there are some who are watching this message who are waiting on the opportunity to give their heart to Jesus Christ. Listen, the greatest day in your life is the day that you give your heart to Jesus Christ and allow him to become the Lord of your life. And if you want that opportunity, then right now I want to pray with you. You know, the Bible says in the book of Acts that God commands men and women everywhere to repent, to turn from their sin, and to turn to the living God. And the message of hope today for you is that no matter how messed up you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how far away from God you feel, he is only one prayer way. Would you turn your heart toward him right now? Just say, dear God, save me, forgive me, cleanse me of my sin, and make me new. i I confess you as my Lord and Savior, Jesus, and I'm asking you to be the king of my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer, let us know today. We wanna make sure you have a Bible. We wanna make sure you know that as a local church here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, someone is praying for you. We hope to see you soon if you're in the Chattanooga area, and if not, get in a Bible-believing church somewhere and grow in your purpose in Christ. We love you. We're praying for you today. God bless you.